Hi everyone, it's Danny here. Um, I know it's been a while since I've released any episodes, so I firstly just wanted to apologise for that. Um, been going through some personal stuff and um, it just took over for a little bit, but that's okay, we're back now. Uh, and secondly, I wanted to let you know um, that this episode... We do cover some difficult context around um, pregnancy and mental health. Um, Kat was amazing. Um, it was lovely to, to meet with her, um, but she was very honest uh, in a good way. And um, yeah, basically it's a bit of a trigger warning for anyone who may find listening to that sort of content upsetting. I have... Again, um, as I have done previously, included some links to some charities that support uh, women and men, I believe, with um, mental health around um, pregnancy as well. So uh, be sure to check them out if you need them. Um, Otherwise, enjoy listening to this episode. Thanks. Harris, tell me a joke. Not rock. Not who's there? Um, potato. Potato who? Chicken. Potato chicken. I'm actually gonna tell a different joke. Okay, go on. Who's there? Um. Knock knock. Who's there? Sorry. Um, potato. Potato who? Banana. Potato banana? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you nutter. You're absolutely nutter, aren't you? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Just Winging It. I'm with the lovely cat Burn today. She's agreed to join me on what I believe is episode six now. I'm losing track. Um, I only set this up to, as a bit of a bit of fun, and it's like actually got to episode six. I'm like, um, anyway. Um, Kat is a account manager full time, um, as well as a mom to Patrick, who is three years old. Yeah, that's that right. right. Yeah, yeah. How's that juggling full time work with a three year old? Are you mad? <laughs> I know. Like I think this sometimes too. Like I kind of wonder, like when I get time for myself as well. Do you know what I mean? So yes, I do. <laughs> I'm just like spinning all plates. So like I'll start my day at half five. Get up at half five. Get half ready every day. Every day. Um. Oh my god. Get ready. See Patrick. And then head out the door and start work at seven, finish at four to get home for about five. So it's a long day. And then by the yeah. time Patrick gets home from nursery as well, he is in bed for about seven. So not a lot oh. of time. So we try to make most of no. it at the weekends, but you got to do what you got to do in this economy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, well, that's all you can do, isn't it? Is yeah. he at nursery full time then? No, so he's in nursery three days a week. Um, his mm-hmm. dad is doing full time hours into four days, similar to what I'm right. doing. Um, okay. so he's with his dad on a Tuesday. My my husband Vincent, and he's with me on a Friday. So thankfully, the company I work for are fantastic. They're so flexible and so easygoing. I'm really supportive yeah. of working parents as well. So That's they good. adapted the four-day working week and they're very strict Amazing. about that so if you don't need to work a Friday like even if it's like last if a client says oh I've got a meeting now I want to put on Friday they're like mm, we don't we don't work that day and they're very very good that way so that's I've got good company. yeah I mean as a working parent when you find a company that's like that you just keep hold of like them don't you gold dust. it's like absolute <laughs> yeah. gold dust like my last company um, I worked for, whenever I was coming back off maternity leave and I put in flexible working requests, I was instantly denied it. And I was told that I really? would have a, 
I was told it was going to have a detrimental impact on my work that I did. So safe oh to say, that, that was the terms that I was given by my manager. And of course, I raised it above his head and went to the director. And the director's like, why am I even having this meeting? Of course, you can have flexible working. So, so that was obviously down to that one guy then. Like, yeah, literally. So was, yeah. Wow. I wow. know. And that was only three years ago. That's it was only even... three years ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you think about the length of mat leave as well. So it was only about, what, two yeah. and a half? So it's really, it's not long ago at all. That's so mm. mind-blowing like and scary. That, that I mean, it's still going on, isn't it? It is still going it on. Is. You hit stories. Was that lockdown? No, uh, thought, so, oh, I'm, so, I'm so lost. No, so do we Do we want to go to the very start? Are we going yeah, down? I mean, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> let's go back. You know, when when you, so when you found out you were pregnant, it was during the pandemic, I believe. Oh, my goodness. So we all remember this date so, so vividly, don't yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. Oh, my goodness. So. 7pm and it's the 23rd of March 2020 and Boris Johnson is on everyone's TV telling us right you're no longer allowed to go to the office you're no longer to see your friends we are going into a lockdown like we're being really strict right now the world is ending okay so this is brilliant this is fantastic and you know throw it back like what Ten, nine hours earlier I text my friend and I was just like because she was working in public and my husband who was just my partner at the time was shielding so because he had recently been out so he thought he had COVID symptoms okay so this is set up yeah. let's, go back, let's go back to 10 o'clock that morning okay so yeah, my partner okay. is shielding in the spare room he's not coming into contact with me because I've got underlying illness I've got asthma and he's just right, like I'm not okay. I'm not gonna if I if I've got this I can't take a test at this moment because I don't know what this is and I don't want to mm-hmm. spread so yeah that's grand good crack um so my friend Helen she was working out in the public still so her place was like still functioning stuff like that and I text her and I was just like I've got a really random question, but I just had this inkling in my body. It was like almost like something was going on and I couldn't nail it, but we were trying without trying. Do you know what I mean? So if it was going to happen, yeah, it was going yeah. to happen. Not being um, careful. Yeah, we weren't being careful purposely. So <laughs> yeah. I texted her and I was like, can you get me, can you get me a pregnancy test? She goes, oh, does this mean what I mean? Well, I think it means. And I was like, well, we'll find out. So she was working at Subway at the time. It was fun and games. So um, she, she brought the test round and then went back to work and then did it. And of course, lo and behold, it said pregnant. And at the, I was really early. I was only three weeks pregnant. So I was like really in tune with my body. It was so, so early. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my husband was in the spare room and we couldn't hug. We couldn't do anything. Oh, no, we couldn't course. celebrate it. It was just so, so bizarre. And <sighs> it was just crazy. So, like, I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I cried and I was so emotionally happy. But oh, we couldn't he was that like, moment. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like frozen. Like, yeah, stuck on the doors. So like, you want to make a baby? <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, I canned up to the door. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, poor Vincent. So, like, yeah, it was that was difficult. And then, of course, you went for your day. And then Boris Johnson was telling me that the world was ending at 7 p.m. And I was like, well, this has been a whirlwind. It's a emotional day. And also, like, lockdown as well, being pregnant. Like, the, let's be honest, how many people just like drank? throughout lockdown my friend came to visit me one of the sunny days and we we did the two meter distance and she cycled over and she had a bottle of rosé and I'm sat there with my water I'm like this is brilliant crack 
exactly everyone <laughs> drowning in their sorrows because the world is crumbling around them and I'm sat there do. there's nothing else to do and I'm just sat there and I'm just like okay can you hurry up baby because I am ready to crack up in that ball oh, oh bless you. <laughs> so like Vincent can't hug you or anything but how was it was he was he happy what was his reaction oh, yeah. like he was ecstatic yeah. we were both ecstatic oh, like it was almost like a shock but like we were because we were trying and we were just like going with the flow because we've we came off contraception in the november no was it october before and we obviously fell pregnant in the march so we had been trying for a little while unofficially um so when it actually happened we we're just like oh my god it's actually happened oh shit it's happened and now look what's going on around us like <laughs> It's fine. It's such but... typical timing, though. There never no. is a good time. There never is a good time. Never is. As much never as you plan for it, there's always something. I mean, we've, yeah. been, we've been trying for so long, and we were going to start IVF. So we booked, like, a really big, fancy, all-inclusive holiday, adults only, you know, yes. everything in. We were like, yeah, do you know what? Fine. Let's go on a holiday. Let's have a big <laughs> holiday. And we found out we were pregnant like four or five months before the holiday. We were like, bloody hell. Oh, <laughs> no. Did you go yeah, to naturally, naturally. No, because they wouldn't let me fly because it was twins. So they were like, no, sorry. Too much of a risk. So we ended up having to sell the holiday for like, a third of the price to someone a holiday in Butland instead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In fact, we went we went to the Lake District for our baby moon instead. That was our... <laughs> but you know, not that I hold a grudge against them. I'd much rather have my boys, but you know, it Absolutely. was just sod's law. <laughs> so when when you had so you were pregnant with Patrick. Mm-hmm. and um were you going to the scans on your own then like how yeah. did that work with everything was on my own and I had such a really tough time um so as a whole I was going to my midwife appointments by myself I was going to all my scans by myself I had to have extra scans because I had gestational diabetes as well um, oh really wow yeah. so that was rubbish That's- um, I had high blood pressure as well at times and I had sciatica and then <laughs> my son decided oh God. one time where I sneezed and my son kicked me at the exact same time and I fractured a rib. Oh my God. I mean, so, you hear about that stuff happening, but <laughs> I was just oh. like, do, do you know what? Thanks Danny? for that. Thanks for that. Like, I'm not surprised <laughs> because he's three years old now. And he's got ten and a half size feet. Like he has got clown feet, the poor little lamb. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised I broke a rib sneezing, do you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went to Is he um, tall then? Is he he's tall? really tall. Like his dad yeah, is like six foot three. So Patrick is right. coming in Yeah, Patrick's over three, three and a half foot there. So he's going to turn over me whenever he's like 13 years old. I'm scared. Not ready for it. I'm only 5.5 <laughs> as well. I'm only a little pint. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely towering. My two are already at my hip and they're only five. So I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh. and I'm 5'11". So I'm, I'm like, hello. It's my turn. <laughs> but yeah um oh, it was, it that was must crazy. have been tough though going on yeah. your own because I mean that was I went on my own no I didn't go on my own because to be fair when either my mum or my mother-in-law came when my, my husband couldn't come so yeah. I was never on my own with them so I don't that's, that's it's, it, it seems so unfair yeah it was really rubbish um yeah it was just it was isolating like it yeah. was really isolating it disconnected you from your pregnancy didn't it disconnected yeah, you from, like you that knew how, that you were pregnant 
it's it's just seems unfair to the dad as well like 100 so like what's meant to be a magical time has just been mm. stripped away from the from the fathers or the you know the par- the partners as well and it's just yeah like there was once where i remember it and it was only like they were starting to let the other halves come into the appointments and i had to be laid up and set up and stuff like that and he had to be behind a, a curtain a curtain what a curtain like oh. that was going to save you do you know what I mean if you yeah, had anything that makes no sense. Like, you know what I mean <laughs> he had to be sat- they have a couple of peak holes in awesome things it was absolutely ridiculous and then he had like whenever she was ready for to show him she pulled it back ever so slightly and he was literally sat over in the corner. So, like, it wasn't even a case of him being beside me and holding my hand. He had to be in the corner. I don't understand that. It was ridiculous. I, I don't... I, that, it just makes absolutely no sense. Horrible. And there was times where Patrick was really quiet. So I had my placenta at the very front. So any movements okay. that I felt would be... I would feel them, but sometimes it would be limited. So he'd be bouncing about and yeah. stuff like that. And my body might not recognize that. So yeah. there were times where I had to go to the hospital and go to the prenatal wards and stuff like that to just get the ECG checks and stuff. Yeah. And even them, being there on my own there was awful. Do you know what I mean? Where it should have been like my parent yeah, was, I, or my partner was there. I do, so. I do know that because I, I, I had that with, because one of the twins had. Is it anterior or I don't I can't remember the yeah. one was at the front and one was at the back. So I yeah. can feel one of them a whole lot more. So I spent a lot of time going in and getting checks on the twin that was front because I yeah. just couldn't feel him as much. Yeah. Um and I I went to them a few times on my own and they they were horrible. They're not yeah, nice, it was are they? So, no, because you're just kind um, of laying there waiting yeah. to find out. It's like, oh, um, and the staff were great like I remember I've just whenever I was like looking at your questions today I was like doing flashbacks I was like going through my photos and videos and stuff and I remember I sent a video of the actual heartbeat to my husband to confirm that our child is okay do you know what I mean it's just, it was yeah. horrible and he sat down in the car waiting to find out if I one I'm okay and two if the baby's okay and yeah it's just, yeah, it was just a crazy time. And then when you find out about what was going on behind the closed doors of number 10, mm, just throws everything yeah. into perspective, you know what I mean? It really does. It really does. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I, I have my opinions of that, raising toddlers on my own, pretty much. Yeah. My husband's in public sector, so he yeah. he was out pretty much exactly out the same. every day. I worked, I continued working, I didn't get made, yeah. whatever it was called, I can't remember what it's called, furlough, I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah, so I was like balancing my job whilst raising two two-year-olds, yeah. <laughs> trying to keep my shit together, basically, and then I found out that was going on, I was like, what? What? No way. We were exactly <laughs> I had my mum, my mum at the window, literally like oh. a scene from, you know, with hands with like, yeah. I was so desperate for it. And it was just like, how dare they? Like, seriously. Honestly. But anyway, that's for another no, podcast. Exactly <laughs> like, I echo the same sentiments because. Vincent he worked in the public sector as well and he had to go work like his position it could have easily been accessed for you know being elsewhere like being out of the office but unfortunately because of the files he was working with they weren't able to they had to be on site so yeah. um he was constantly out of the office all day for five days I was at home by myself pregnant had no support we were originally made furlough and then we were made redundant so oh I was redundant when I was three months pregnant. I like oh. spiraled. I was just like, "Oh my god, this is awful! Like, what do we do?" I'm um, not surprised. It was so scary. And then our land, we got let go by our landlord because we weren't allowed to have kids in the property. So we had what? to. Know- is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. In Leeds, I did exactly. not know that was a thing. No, 
it was in our tenancy that the property was not allowed to be occupied by children. So, oh my god, we obviously, obviously, it came up in conversation because I was like, oh, look, I've been made redundant. We need to discuss, you know, payment options and stuff like that. And I was just like, just went into conversation about how what bad timing it was as well I was just like yeah it's not as if I can go out and look for a proper job and go to interviews because of you know I'm pregnant you're pregnant I'm just like yeah and they're just like oh my god yeah I'm really sorry but your terms and conditions of your contract say that you're not allowed to have kids in the property I'm just like this is brilliant it's fantastic so I have never ever <laughs> heard of that ever I, I didn't realize that was a thing I wow yeah. So wow. we lost the job, we lost the property, we had a fantastic family circle that helped us out, don't get me wrong, but yeah, we had yeah. to move into a new property. I was lucky enough to find a new job at six months pregnant, but I didn't tell them that I was pregnant at the time. And it was like, almost okay. like, because it was done over like teams meeting, it was mm-hmm. like, you could get away with it. And I don't know how you find it in the marketing industry or anything like that, but I feel like sometimes if you put yourself on a pedestal and say, like, you know, I'm I'm married or I'm having kids, they're almost like not prejudiced, but they might look at other candidates. And I'm sure a lot of places are and aren't there. But I didn't want to put myself at the forefront, like, yeah, I'm pregnant. You know, I didn't want that to be a factor. Um, I think that's and, the same for a lot of industries. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so I told my new manager when I started, I was just like, yeah, I'm going off on maternity leave in three months. So hello. <laughs> and they're just like thinking, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was quite fortunate for that. But it was like, it was such a whirlwind. It really was a whirlwind. And Yeah, it sounds um, like it. Yeah. Well, um, so when... So you had Patrick in 2021 then? No, October 2020. Well, or no, I'm November. November 2020. Even you're getting it wrong. Even I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> Poor child. So oh, were we in that, we were in that weird, like, second we, kind of we weird. Situation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was he allowed in the labour, Vincent? Vincent was he so I was induced at 37 weeks and he wasn't allowed to be part of the induction so whilst I was like going for the so I got what was it they gave me like a drip to like start getting the hormones going and stuff like that once you're like in a safe position you're ready to go into labor ward that's when he was allowed to come in but um, oh my god it was such a long labor so I I went in it was ridiculous. Mine the, was... Do you, the induced thing takes for yeah. oh, it did for me anyway. And I had to go on a, a thing called the sliding scale because of the gestational diabetes. So it meant that they had right. to keep my sugars leveled throughout as well. So if like my oh sugars dipped or if they went too high and stuff like that, I wasn't allowed to eat. Um, I ha- if I was a snack, it would have to be things that were kind to the gestational diabetes condition. So like you making sure that you're you're keeping your sugar levels balanced. Um and if you add oh, something that would like... slide and scale over. Oh, it was just so complicated. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean I drank so much of that woman Lucasade sports stuff whilst I was in labor. I think I mean I must have gone through you know, you could buy them in like six packs. There must have been at least seven empty packs of them by the time I finished. <laughs> it was in for three days. I was just like, and it was boiling as well. So I was just oh like down in them. You know, the only thing I could keep down, I couldn't keep anything else down. So Matt just kept turning up with more Lucas Head Sport. <laughs> it's another one. That's amazing. I'd have been in trouble. <laughs> Honestly, I. I just drank water and it was like, I was like hooked up to a drip as well. So like whenever I wanted to move about the room, you I was had like, to take it around me. I was the same. And I had like um, one of the twins because of they could, they can only measure the heartbeat on one. You have it on the head. I had a screw in one yeah. of the heads. So obviously yeah, I'm like walking around with my drip and my uh, wired like baby. 
on a string, <laughs> essentially. It's like, like, get these babies out of me! <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best. <laughs> Honestly, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I was, I don't know what you did for your prep um, leading up to like the day, but I did hypnobirthing. Um, did you? Yeah, I did. And I find it so fascinating. So like for me, everything was out of my control. Like my health, mm. my conditions, my life, my accommodation. You know, those <laughs> factors were all out of my control. COVID. COVID. Yeah. And I had, so the other thing too was, my family, I don't know if you can tell by the, the beautiful dulcet tones, but I'm not from Yorkshire. I'm loving it. Right? I am loving the accent. <laughs> um, so all my family are back home in Northern Ireland and Belfast. And mm. my parents weren't able to see me while I was pregnant. Nothing like that. So oh. it was, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, it was so, so isolating. Like, what's meant to be a wonderful yeah, joyous moment. Just so isolating. But I was, thought, do you know what? I want to take control of this. I want to take the reins as much as I possibly can. So I started mm-hmm. doing hypnobirthing and started researching and created my own birth plan. Like, even if I couldn't follow the birth pa- plan to how I wanted, I was still mm. in control in regards to the level of, like, pain medicines I want to take and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, for the first 10 hours, I was just on gas and air. I was just like, I'm not taking anything else. I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. I remember, I've just had a flashback and it was like I'm on the gas <laughs> and it's like the contractions are getting stronger and my husband has decided just to like take it from me just to see what it was like and he's taking mm. a picture of his phone and I'm like going this is awful give me that give me that gas back back <laughs> <laughs> And then it made me sick. I couldn't. I, I loved it. I it absolutely loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. And then, so I did that for the 10 hours. And then I went on to, what was it? It's like morphine, the morphine tablet thing. They gave me a morphine no tablet. It began with a P and I can't remember what it is now. And then I was just like, that let me sleep for a little bit. So I was like, oh, I like you. You can nice. stay. <laughs> is it is it pepidine? Is that it? Pepidine. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um and then I was just like, give me it, just give me the epidural. Just right, we're at the final start stage. Now you just give me the epidural. And the thing too was yeah. in the whole like we went was it eighteen no, what was it? Eighteen hours, yeah, eighteen hours. I got from one to four centimeters in 18 hours. Oh. And I was just like, this is devastating. Like, what is my body doing right now? And <laughs> the doctor was like, right, we'll give you this epidural and see what happens. And they came back like an hour later, you know, doing normal checks. And that was an annoying thing too. They kept doing the checks every hour. And I'm like, can I just sleep? Like, I just yeah. want to sleep. Do you remember that? Yeah. I do. I, it's the same the other side as well, isn't it? When they're yeah. actually here and they just keep yeah. waking you up, you're like, you just fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's slow, it's like sleep. Um, so that was crazy. Yeah. And then there was, I remember so vividly the surgeon came and she's just like, look, I'm really sorry, but you're not advancing as to how we would like you to. And then my heart rate, my heart rate went through the roof and Patrick's dropped. So we were oh God. we were starting to go into like a bit of an emergency situation. Mm. Um, it later turned out that I took I took an infection in my womb during the the labour. So we were both on antibiotics and stuff like that. But it was very touch and go. Like I had a high fever as well, and they're just like, if you don't oh. progress in this next hour, you're going to be going to have to go in for an emergency cesarean. We're just going to have to put you to sleep and you know work and do what mm. we need to do. So I was just like, okay, so this is starting to get real. You know, it's really scary. And yeah. Vincent's, Vincent's um, in the room as well. And he's just like going in and out. Like, That's the other thing too. The little, my husband, as amazing as he is, our room had a bath in the room next door. And he wanted to sleep in the bath at one point during the <laughs> night. He's like, oh, it's okay. I'll go get a couple of hours sleep. I'm like, oh, that's great for you. You do that, love. You sort yourself 
Sorry, I just I can't say off. anything. Like, I have to like stick up for Vincent in the sense of that my, my other half got a fold-out bed and slept in the toilet in the bathroom on no. that. For, yeah, I was having a permanent contraction for four hours because I had a reaction to the pessary. Yeah. And I just thought, this is normal labour. Obviously, I'm a bit of a wimp. This is really hurting, but I'll just deal with it. And then eventually, he, I looked and he was fast asleep. And I pulled the cord. The nurse came in and she was like, You've been in contractions for the last four hours. Oh, bless you. I had to take the pessary out and stop my labour because. It wasn't, it was all a, a weird reaction. And he was just snoring away in the bathroom. I was like, you twat. You put me here. How dare you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he kept saying, well, it's been like two days. We've not slept. Like, oh, 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 you. I haven't slept for about a month. You absolute oh. dick. <laughs> oh, oh, honestly. Moron. They're absolutely yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, we did. You end up having him naturally. No, thankfully, then, my my body heard that sit that statement from the surgeon, and mm. they're like within an hour, and it, no, was it two hours? It was two hours, I think. Within no, it was the hour. It was the hour because she was like, if you don't come back in an hour, you're going to have to put you through. Um, and she came back in the hour, and she goes, "Oh, you've gone from four to eight. and it was like, "Oh, oh wow." <laughs> And I'm just like, thank you, body, thank you, thank you. And yes. He's like, just like, right, okay, that is monitorous every half an hour now. So mm-hmm. I finally got to the 10 and Jesus Christ, I didn't half push him out as fast as I possibly could. <laughs> I got to 10 centimetres, Danny, and it, my labour, like the actual pushing was 13 minutes. 13 wow. minutes. I was just like, get this child out of me now. I am done. You're evicted. I am finished. <laughs> yeah, totally uh, sympathize with that. Oh, Jesus. And Vincent was like, the, they... mid- the midwife was like, do you, want, do you want to feel his head? His head's here. Do you want to feel the top of his head? And I'm just like, get the fuck. Get him out now. <laughs> It's exactly the same. She's like, can you just put your hand here? But no, no, just get on with it. (laughs) It's when they said to me, they're like, oh, right, baby number one's here, like having a cuddle, everything. They all grabbed my stomach so that like baby number two didn't move. So I've got all these hands on me, trying to like have a little. And then I was like, oh, I can have a little sleep now. They're like, oh no, let's we need to go again. Like, you go again. <laughs> Apparently, I was really horrible. I was just like, you do it. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I am done. And then someone said, well, we can just take you into theatre and cut you up. And I was like, oh no, oh no, I am not having stitches down there and stitches up here. No, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. I'll do it, it's fine. Oh, oh. It's hilarious, to be fair, when you look back. But it does, these stories do make me appreciate the scene. I don't know if you're a Friends fan. But when I first watched Rachel, when she went in labour and she was like in that waiting room for ages and they were all yeah. like wheeling all these mums in and they were going out and she was like, oh my God, I'm next, I'm next. Yeah. And I, when I watched that as a kid, obviously I was like, I didn't really get it. Now I watch that with a whole new like <laughs> sympathy for her. <laughs> I remember that because a woman went in at the exact same time as me for induction with the pessary and... I went in before, so obviously went like got the labour stage before her, but mm-hmm. she was walking out with her baby before me. Like I remember, no she was like already going out. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like the the wheels of that chair. I think she must have been in labour for about two hours, and I'm still there. Uh, two hours yeah. later, do you know what I mean? I was like, "This is ridiculous." <sighs> well, they well. say your second one's better, but mine wasn't. <laughs> So whether that's because it was at the same time, oh, but it's still any quicker. No. So, so fast forward then once you've got Patrick home, 
mm-hmm. what was that like? Because life will have been very different for it you. It was so different. It was for me when I had mine. Yeah, so we weren't allowed any visitors. Like, that's a godsend mm-hmm. as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you were first really? so I had yeah. I took a second degree tear during my labour. That's because I, I mm-hmm. shot him out like a cannonball. It's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming um so I was very badly stitched up but then of course um because I was like I'm over like I think it's like over 14 stone you have to like get shots to help with your blood to not clot after pregnancy as well so I was like taking injections and I was like trying to recover and I remember thinking oh my god I just want my mum you know what I mean like I just want like my, my husband he's getting to use getting used to life with a baby and it was just crazy and yeah I remember there was one time as well like when Vincent did go back to work and I remember there was one day that I just ended up sleeping all day just like got really? up, had the baby intermittently and went back to sleep and we didn't do anything and I that still sits with me and I remember feeling really guilty about it like not doing anything with Patrick that we had just done nothing that day and I actually really struggled during like before but also after pregnancy as well so I was diagnosed with perinatal depression which is basically similar to postnatal but perinatal Mm -hmm. affects both men and women and it can come at any stage during the pregnancy and after pregnancy so mine obviously kicked off whenever I had lost my job, I lost my home, my yeah. family were hundreds of miles away. Um yeah, and we were going through the pandemic. So I wasn't surprised that I was ill. Um mm. but when Patrick was born, I had something came over me where I was petrified of SIDS as well. And yeah. really like you don't think of it until you actually have a kid. And I was mm. just, I constantly washing and breathing and stuff like that. So I wasn't resting. And yeah. he wasn't like my partner was like keeping an eye on me whilst keep, keeping an eye on baby. And it was just like, yeah, we really needed that support network. And it was just hard because the government wouldn't yeah. let you. Um and it was just like remember like we introduced our, our kid like our grand our son to his grandparents like through windows or he was on oh, webcam. God. Like we were just like this is your grandson and that was to my mum and dad on on video and like me holding the baby do you know what I mean and it's just like yeah that's uh, did they know about the perinatal and everything as well did yeah they know how... so they so were really good so hard for them as well like just knowing yeah. how much you were struggling and not being that's able to it, it was you know, really like, you understand that now as a parent yourself 100%. you understand that like it's 100%. like that's it just... was like it was bad like the thing too though was I can't fault the NHS so like mm, at that yeah. stage they my doctor was fantastic because I went through mm. my for my six-week checkup and they're just like how are you getting on how's baby getting on um and I was just like I, I still think I've got baby blues like but I'm really ill with it and I don't know what's going on and you know and I was explaining my thoughts and feelings and stuff like that and that's when they started like they were getting little red flags and they're just like right okay we're, we're gonna look into this a bit further um mm. then they got me a cbt therapist who came out to the house so that All was right amazing. okay that's um, good yeah so we, yeah so we had counseling we had talking therapy she did group sessions for me and vincent so that vincent could understand you know what was going on through my mind that's amazing it was really good. It was really good. It was really supportive. And it was exactly what I needed when you couldn't go out and you couldn't do group sessions with other parents. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. we weren't able to go out to mum and baby clubs or go to group se- swimming sessions or we weren't able to do any of that. And yeah. our friends, too, like, we were the first of our friends to fall pregnant. So, like, none of our friends. Oh, really? Yeah. So, we were at the very, very start of our friendship group as well. So, to have the NHS on side with me then, I just honestly can't fault them. And my doctor was incredible. Yeah. My counsellor was amazing. And there was times where things 
did get really dark and really scary for me personally like there was a point where I genuinely didn't think I was going to be here for my son and I raised that with my counsellor and she got me the help that I needed and it was a long path of recovery but I'm here today and I'm able to talk about you know the highs and lows of being a mum but at the same point not being scared of where I was does that make sense yeah of course yeah I mean just the the fact that you're talking about it like you know it's that that's just amazing um I can't I can't I mean I I went through similar stuff with my mental health nothing like that and I had people here with me yeah and I always said that you know if I hadn't have had my husband my mum my mother-in-law my friends I had a village and I still do I'm very fortunate if I hadn't have had that you know, I I remember watching um there was a program on TV and it was about these mums that had been struggling with postnatal and things and I remember watching it thinking, Oh my god, yeah, I can see why you are where you are because yeah. you don't have anybody that's yeah. recognising that as well. You know, no. my family could recognise I wasn't okay. Yeah. It's it's just I don't I mean it's fair crazy. play to you. It's yeah, like it's... I had the support, but when Vincent was out at work all day, every day after he went back to work, I think those were the hardest moments for me personally. And my mom, like, I wasn't able to fond a proper relationship with Patrick because I was constantly fretting whether he was breathing or not. Like, that was my paranoia kicking yeah. in. And I wasn't able, that was blocking the relationship between me and my son. And it was awful. And mm. like, I know where it stems from and I remember talking about it with my counsellor at the time like my brother when he was young and he was born he had a heart issue so he was set up with heart machines when he was younger and they would sometimes like jitter so they were like not as good as they should be but basically at night I remember it and it would go like the line would flatline and I remember my parents running up to the the room like oh my god is Michael okay at the is he okay? Is he okay? That sort of thing. And that's what yeah. made me think, oh my God, I don't even have that sort of machinery to tell me. So I was constantly looking to make sure that my son, and it's crazy now. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's, I'm thinking... I, don't think, I don't think it is crazy. I think, yeah. I think there's, it's normal. It's maternal. Um, I yeah. think we all do it. And I think the dads do it as well. They just don't admit it. You yeah, know, the, there's kidding. definitely times where we had those mats that went on the mattress and yes. a couple of I times they flipped. yeah well they were they weren't great they, they, they faulted more than they no, they set off more with faults than they did anything else oh, so in the end goodness. we just took them off because we were like these are making us act out the worst they're scaring us more from going yeah. off on, by accident so we actually got the little clips that went in the nappy inside the nappy the little oh. I can't remember what they were called I think they were angel care or was no that was the mats I can't remember what they're called but they clipped inside the nappy and they were so much better they didn't right. get any like panics with them or anything so they they were really good but but yeah I, I think I think that is normal I'd really do and I think I think and even more so from doing this podcast and the people I'm speaking to is you know at least 40% of the people I've spoken to didn't bond with the babies until they were like three months old. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's just, yeah, it's just fairy tale is a lot of it that you, you know, you have this baby and you're instantly in love and, you know, and yes, women are, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. they're, they're really lucky. But, you know, I didn't, and a lot of women I know didn't. I'm the same. And like, when Patrick was born... It's okay. and the Yeah, it is okay, and this is the thing. Like, I thought when Patrick would be placed in my arms, I was going to cry like a baby, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I'm your mummy. Do you know that sort of situation? And I yep. didn't. I'm just like, oh, crap, I'm your mum. Like, yep. you're stuck with me for the rest of your life, kid. Like, what? where do we go from here and yeah it doesn't deter you from loving your child don't get me wrong but at the same point yourself no. pop in and you're just like I'm actually the adult I'm the parent 
I am the parent. That doesn't make sense because I still feel like I'm a 16 year old girl running about. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, we grow up thinking that we, you know, it's going to be this. I mean, my mum never really shared any of that because why would she? Why would she ever kind of sit yeah. down and share those stories yeah, with me? You exactly. know, but I never kind of, I never really dawned on the idea that I might not have that and I might not love them immediately and be you know yeah. I've wanted a baby for so long and been told yeah. from a young age I might never exactly. have one as well so it was like it was really alien when they came and I didn't want to just hold them all the time yeah yeah I know it exactly was like, it was just but that's weird. okay that's natural yeah it just is just a natural side it that is. nobody talks about exactly exactly so in terms of you've you've opened up and told me quite a lot there and thank you for doing that I really do appreciate and I know there'll be people listening to this that are like yes thank you for saying that Mm -hmm. um it it's not an easy ride at all and don't get me wrong some some pregnancies are you know some you know we've talked to a couple of people before where they've, they've had great pregnancies yeah but you know it's he is now three years old. He's mm-hmm. now gone through the terrible twos. Oh, don't. The threes get worse. So those that <laughs> yeah, have got terrible fair, two year olds, oh, dear Lord, yeah. it's probably... <laughs> there's, there's not, I don't know what you can call the threes because they're just, yeah. Handsome and, threes. Uh, and then they become um, like five-year-olds and they think that they're older than they are and act like teenagers um, and talk talk to you like teenagers, uh, which I get quite often. Um, Although sometimes (laughs) you kind of go, what? What did you just say? (laughs) And you recognise that they're repeating things that you say and you're just like, oh dear. (laughs) Is that what I sound like? But it's definitely uh, fun. Um, is there anything else that stands out from the journey so far for you as a parent that you're like, yeah, I didn't expect that? <laughs> um, I think it was like when they first go to nursery. So mm. like, I went back to work quite early because I needed to start making coinage and the government's payout was just not doing it for me. Um, so I went back to work. I think it was like, six months postpartum so um Patrick yeah it was really early and Patrick went back to started nursery quite early and I think that was the biggest thing for me I was just like yeah it was just daunting like oh my god there's going to be people that are going to look after him for me yeah I go back to work and I think that was the biggest shift for me especially someone that was struggling with um perineal depression and you know being isolated from family and so on Mm. but that was the biggest shift for me like going back to a normal life and going back to the office then well this is the thing too yeah so my place was just like you need to be in the office um at least three times a week so that was hard and my office could like it was like a bus journey into the city centre and then a train journey. And they had me doing that as well, you know, when I was in the late stages of pregnancy. I remember that. And I remember my... I'm not even kidding. Like, it wasn't great. So, like, I had to walk through crowds of people whilst I was heavily pregnant and get a train. And, and it was... This, you're not at this same job now, I'm are not you? At this, this is No, no. <laughs> was like... This was the company that told me I wasn't allowed to be flexibly working. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So I was just like, hey, you're not the company for me, dear. Um, no. No. So, yeah, it was just, it was bizarre. And I think that was the hardest thing because, like, when I was starting to come out of that perineal depression and starting to get a more of a support system, I wanted to then spend more time bonding with my son. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. And creating those memories. And don't get me wrong, like, the whole perinatal depression it wasn't all doom and gloom because it's not like you do have outbursts of pure joy and enthusiasm and they just they just smile over at you and you've got this glistening hope that it is getting better yeah and that was the thing for me like I was like I'm starting to now develop 
a slow bond with my son this is starting to like I'm starting to get to know him as a person my fears mm-hmm. are you know slowly dwindling away and I'm feeling better in my sight and myself so for other people to come into his life and be like yoink we're gonna look after him yeah. now. <laughs> I was like oh shit nobody it's such a close window do you know what I mean yeah yeah, I, I had that a bit when I went back and it was like childcare and then I was yeah. getting like pictures of them doing stuff with like yeah, their um, their grandma was their childminder, which was lovely. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she was like sending me pictures. Oh, they don't. And I was just like, mm. yeah, not now. I want that. I like the first, first three, four months of my maternity just felt horrible and just really loan rubbish so it was like then like I started to enjoy it and then I had to go back to work I was like no (laughs) yeah yeah. baby bubbles been popped and we go back to normality yeah Yeah, so I think that was like the biggest thing also how expensive nursery fees are like nobody prepared me for that nobody and Danny I sympathize with you more because you've got two sets of bills to pay for we were very fortunate that we had we had Vicky my my husband's uh, mum we were so lucky because she bless her she because she lost two spaces she still needed to something so she (laughs) was really good with us and and you know heavily reduced the rates um but even so we were just like blooming egg <laughs> like you know if we'd have had to pay for them both it'd been ridiculous honestly um, and then we used the 33 the 33 hours to put them into school nursery which was yeah. actually really tough because um vicky couldn't claim the 30 hours of free childcare for our two because she was related to them which i think what? is absolutely rubbish so we had to put them in a, a school nursery uh, because she couldn't yeah which we were like well you know it actually worked out all right because they're still at that school so they went up mm-hmm. but just like what who has made that rule up like that's just ridiculous much rather uh, anyway. your family member be paid for a service exactly. if it's in the industry they're in do you know what i mean and it's yeah. someone that you trust and she's careful as well well, that's it. And she was getting, she's getting Ofsted, so it's not mm-hmm. like she's, you know, making it oh, for the yeah, money. It's like, the box of the yeah, so you know. But... So I imagine as a, a three year old, from what I can remember with my two at that age, they do happen to come out with some absolutely ridiculous things or put you in some situations. Uh, is there any that you can remember and share with us that Patrick's done? Oh, so Patrick is very vocalized. He is like a chatterbox. <laughs> he doesn't stop talking, oh, and he's amazing. Ones. He's amazing. <laughs> I love him, and he's like he can string full sentences. So he just turned free in November, but he can string full sentences. Like one of the conversations wow. that came up tonight was like, "Mummy." what's your favorite scariest animal in the ocean and i'm just like how many words were that like what <laughs> scary. I'm like, animal in the yeah. ocean that's like five words isn't it yeah. <laughs> wow. like, exactly so it was like i was like oh it's a, it has to be a whale because a whale's massive and you know you get sucked in by a whale right that's a solid <laughs> answer he goes no mommy you like sharks <laughs> i'm like i don't like sharks because Yes, you do. I am telling you, you like sharks. <laughs> Being gassed up by my own son. No, I think the funniest thing was at Christmas time, we went into Costco and we were getting, um, we went down the drink aisle to get Christmas presents. I know, right? I love Costco. And I picked up a, bottle, a good solid bottle of Bailey's, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, this looks nice. This will be perfect. Let's pop that in the trolley. And he's in the seat and he grabs it. He goes, no, mummy, no, eat that. And I was just like, it's not for me, it's a present. It's going to be a present for your auntie Steph, it's fine. Mummy, you don't need this juice, you drink too much. <laughs> Out loud in Costco. <laughs> I drink too much. I'm like, 
I barely punched the one. How dare you? <laughs> Honestly. I just arguing with them and you're like, hang on, hang on. Why am I fighting back to make no, this worse for myself? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And he's just the funniest <laughs> little critter. Like, he dubbed his granddad in on it at the weekend there. So he said it was a granddad on Saturday. And we're just like chatting about what did he do? And he had a lovely time with his granddad. But he goes, but granddad didn't brush my teeth. It's like, oh, did he not know? Well, let me have words with your granddad. Proper grass him up right there. Proper grass him up. Nice <laughs> <Bless> him. <laughs> <Poor> granddad. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, nothing gets past Patty, so you have to be very careful what you say. <laughs> that sounds like a strap line. <laughs> nothing gets past Patty. So if you and Paddy were trapped on a desert island, what three things would you take with you? We would take Paw Patrol books. Standard for right. a three-year-old. Yes. Exactly. There's no point bringing a tablet. There's no point bringing games. Batteries run out. Yep. iPad go dead. It's going to have to be the solid books. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like one of them. Um, yeah, he loves Paw Patrol. Marshall's his favorite, and he's adamant that he's going to be a firefighter when he's older. And I'm for it. Louis wants to be a firefighter as well. Hey, yeah, get him into an academy yeah. together. Some training, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, bananas because my little Patty is like bananas for bananas. He loves them. Can't get enough oh. of them. So I think that would be it. And then I think the last one would have to be a jigsaw because it's our yeah. quality time. So like he loves puzzles and we love doing jigsaws together. How many pieces though? Oh how I many know. pieces? It'd have to be a pretty decent one. Yeah, you you want like a good thousand to tie you over for a while, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. You got yeah. like a little toddler ten piece one. You'd just be done and <laughs> but, right. it, using it for firewood. Flares like nice on. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my firefighter knife. <laughs> Practice it on the campfire. <laughs> I have a random question for you because when you said bananas, I was like thinking logically or maybe not so logically because um, it's been a long day. But I was like. Bananas, right? Could you plant a banana and get a banana tree? Like I was gonna say, well, it would need to be on an island where there's a banana tree, so then I wouldn't have to actually take an extra item. So then I could have an extra space for a new item. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what goes through my head. I'm actually now like I'm like, is that a thing? Like can you grow a banana tree from a banana? That sounds really stupid, me asking that. I actually no, don't know. Well, you say you can, and then I've just, like, farmed and colonised an island. It's fine. Yeah, my God, I think I could live on bananas. I love bananas. I'm right they're there like with the them. They're like the fruit of the cake world. Or the, the cake of the fruit world. They're amazing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and the fact that you can put them in cake as well. You know, that I just mean, makes them even better. Exactly. <laughs> Did not think that I would end up talking about bananas on this podcast. But there you go. Here we are. <laughs> what would we, your, and I imagine you've got a lot of advice from what you've gone through, um, but what would your one piece of advice or phrase, whatever it, be it doesn't have to be you know the the crappy old advice that you know you get from like generations above and above that go "Eh, well whatever a real kind of like a message maybe it should just be a message to people listening yeah I think something that I would advise other parents to be or are like are starting out their journey or are in their journey still is that there is always tomorrow. Today can be a bad day. We can write it off, but there's always tomorrow and we can pick that up again. I love that. Because love that. I think we're too hard on ourselves 
and we're our yes. own worst enemies and it's so easy to get sucked in on questioning whether you're a good enough parent am I good enough for this child I'm raising and you are but set that back to where it is today because there's always yeah. tomorrow and we can pick up where we left off I really love that that's just perfect that, <laughs> that should be on more parenting products I think so like, they, there should be like travel mugs with that on I think you know? Danny, let's start your merch Let's start your mind. Like, yeah. Oh my god, yes. We need to have a separate chat about that. <laughs> I am taking this podcast to that point this year. There will be just reading it merch and it will say there's always tomorrow on it. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> yes, love it. Um, okay, and the last one, what's the one product that you couldn't parent without? I think it was like when I was early days. And we were starting to venture out. And it's so simple. But oh my God, it was the Mamma Mia. Or not Mamma Mia. Is it Mamma Mia? I can't remember the baby brands anymore. Ma- no. Mamma Mia is a film, isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Ignore that bit. There was something like that though. There was something. Mamma's and it was yep. the water flask. So basically, I was doing breastfeeding and um, bottle feeding, so like powders, formula and stuff. So yeah. whenever we were out and about, we would bring, like, we'd just fill this flask up with hot water. It was amazing. You brought it out. You had, like, this little compartment that you would take off and you would fill it up with hot water and you'd pop your bottle in and you were just able to go out oh. and about and reheat your milk. Or whenever it got to the weaning stage, you were able to put the pouches into the bag or the bottle and it would just warm it up uh, a little bit so you never needed even... a microwave you never needed a fresh kettle because it's all on the go yeah because oh, the amount of times I used to be sat in like M&S cafe or Asda Me cafe too. and be like I need some hot water and then they just bring it out you're like great thanks <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my thanks go-to like we ended up giving it to my sister-in-law and she was just like, this is the best thing ever. How did I not know about this? Yeah. Like, I never knew about them. That's to yeah. me. I just They're always so had one of those thermos flasks or whatever they were, and they were just <laughs> crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the um, ready-made ones. I used to yeah. spend a fortune on them. I remember those. Yeah, I used to get those. The sterilised yeah, water. Yeah, my two were blooming gannets as well, so they used to do one of those each and still be hungry, but I can't afford to keep giving you these. Question for mummy. Okay, um, so last one then. Um, this is the at the end of the podcast, I like to ask my guest to um, take over the mic and um, basically ask me a question, any question that you'd like. Um, so for me, it would be, I would want to ask you, if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you were, so so you said that you've always wanted to be a mum. So if you could give yourself one piece of advice, Mm -hmm. you were say 21 and you're thinking of your future as to where you are now, what would that be with regards to your like being a mum? Don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, I think I think oh my first instinct was actually to say do it earlier. Yeah. Because I feel old. Uh, if I'm honest, I feel old. Like I'm forty next year and they're they're five. And it's so I was later with, with I was like classed in the hospital as being an older mum. So it was that oh, was yeah, like, I know, down, exactly. you know, it's like great, thanks for that. But yeah, I think I always wanted my career and my career was always really important for me. And because I was always told that it was gonna take time, mm-hmm. I kind of thought, well, I'll wait until I'm ready to to kind of put that time into it and I really yeah. wanted to push with my career. Um, 
and like my husband and I have been together 11 years so it was we together a long time before we had before we got married and had kids but it yeah it was just like I think it'd be that it'd be like start thinking about it a little bit sooner because you do feel old when you turn 30 yeah that's so true though isn't it like when you're working all day you get home at night and you're just like yeah story okay you're going to bed so am I yeah and it's hard with the well-being balance though as well because I know like I mean, and I am stereotyping a bit, and my um, sister-in-law will kick my ass for saying this, but she just seems to do it so flawlessly. She's 20, I'm going to get her age wrong now, 23, 22, 23, and she's got two little boys, and my niece is a stepdaughter. She just seems to just handle it all in a stride and I'm just I'm like I'm so good and she's just like yeah it's like yeah it's just yeah so I think it'd probably be not not too much sooner but maybe yeah (laughs) and your advice that you said as well there's always tomorrow always tomorrow (laughs) yeah I love it. But thank you. Um, it's been really lovely talking to you, Kat. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's been really nice. So and and thank you for opening up and and sharing your experience because I know it's not easy. I really do. Um, um, and I I I hope and I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this will appreciate that too. So so thank you. Um. And um, good luck, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> so that was episode six with Kat. Thank you so much to Kat for coming on. I think you'll all agree that that was a really interesting and exciting episode. I did really enjoy recording, as I do all of them. Um, but I hadn't met Kat before, and this was the first time we'd even spoken. So it was um, a new thing for me, but really excited and really enjoyed it. So thanks again, Kat. And um, I'll hand over to Kat and her little boy, Patrick, now. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to do all the things that you should do with a podcast. Thanks. Patrick? What is your favourite thing about your mummy? Do you know? What is it? It's about remembering cooking and watching TV (laughs) and trampolining. Do you? Do you like when we go and jump on the trampolines? I love that too. Do you love it when we cook together? What's your favourite thing to cook? Oh, you like knitting too?